0: Yes. Mr. Jerome, I see you in the back of the room here in Anderson. I just want to honor you. You are a good man, a faithful man. I love seeing you in the lobby every Sunday. Um, you bring joy to this house. I'm just thankful to know you. Wow, Mr. Jerome, you've just been here a long time, man. You're like a part of my faith journey. I love you. Well, good morning, everybody. My name is Meredith. Meredith. Um, It is my honor to get to be with you today, but before we do anything else, I've always wanted to be the person to get to do this, to make this announcement. It's a big deal for me, I'm having a moment. So before I announce it though, can I get everyone in the room help too? Can I get a drum roll please? (laughs) Nailed it. The weekend signups are open. They are live. Look at that. Who doesn't wanna be a part of that? That, jumping up and down, my knees were done for a week and a half. Um, But if you are new to New Spring and you don't know what the weekend is, the weekend is simply our summer camp for middle school and high school students. And I just have to say this, I have gotten the unbelievable honor for the past 13 years to serve with our student ministry, which means a lot of our students weren't even born when I started serving, so that's cool. but I'm telling you, few things have marked my life like these summer camps that we do. I've seen God move in ways that I have not always seen him move in other places. And so I'm telling you, you're gonna wanna go if you're a student. You're going to want to give toward this because you want to be a part of the miracles God is gonna work at this summer camp. And many of you, you need to serve. You need to lead a room. You need to not sleep for a couple of days and just feel what true sacrifice feels like because it's awesome. Yes, Jay. All right, so with this, I'm gonna invite you to text the word, the weekend, I guess that's two words of math, the weekend to 30303 if you wanna go, if you wanna give, or if you wanna serve. And all the few students and volunteers said? Amen. Amen. All right. So now um, we're gonna jump into our uh, series that we've been a part of. If you're just joining us, we're in this Men of God series. Series. And it's truly been beautiful. And I want to start by addressing the obvious. Um, I am not coming today as an expert on what it means to be a man. <laughs> that would be silly of me. How I am coming today, and I mean this with as, like, as honestly and as um, candidly as I can, I love the title that God gave to women in Genesis, the title Helper. And I truly, my heart today is I just want to help. Would you let me help? I want to help encourage you. I want to help champion you. I want to help highlight what scripture says about you as a man of God and encourage you that you can do everything he has placed inside of you to do. I just want to help. And how we've been trying to help and teach through this is by going through scripture and looking at two men, uh, two men who chose different paths. And this comes from the base scripture of Proverbs fourteen twelve. It says this: "There is a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way to death." So we see there is a choice. There are, there are paths that men can take. In the first week, Brad preached on two men, um, and between Peter and Judas, and how they dealt with their guilt. Did they choose the path of life with Jesus or did they choose the path of death? And last week, I just wanna honor High King and the word that he brought on prayer. He is a man of prayer, worthy of honor. Yes, amen. If you know him, he is is a man to be followed, but he came and taught what two men, a tax collector and a religious man, what they did with their prayer life. And today I'm gonna give us two men and show us through scripture what they did, whether the path of life in Jesus or the path of the world and their own aspirations and how they built their life. Um, And what we'll be covering today is the culmination of the Sermon on the Mount. This is Matthew 5 through 7. And um, even if you're not familiar with the Sermon on the Mount, I promise you know a lot of the things that were taught on the Sermon on the Mount because we kind of just, they've made their way into like colloquial language. Um, An eye for an eye. You've heard this? Turn the other cheek, right? Which is like, somebody smacks me, I'm gonna turn the other cheek, it's gonna be yours, right? Um, I'm just kidding. I talk a big game, I've literally never been in a fight uh, because everyone's too scared. No, I'm just playing. Um, (laughs) Turn the other cheek. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. The Lord's prayer is in here, which I'm sure many of us have said before many a sporting event. This is some of the most rich teaching in scripture. This is Jesus's like, whole basis for how to live the Christian life. This is foundational. I would encourage you sometime over the next week to go read Matthew five through seven. Also, spoiler alert and a tip of the hat, in the fall, we're doing a whole long series on the entirety of the Sermon on the Mount. So get excited. But read Matthew five through seven this week, but the, the portion that we're teaching on today is like the dismissal of Jesus's message. This would be his, like, um, y'all know the two questions we've been asking at the end of every message? What is God saying to you? What are you going to do about it? That's, like, this portion of Jesus' message that I'm about to read. All right? We all there? So we're going to be in Matthew 7, 24 through 27. Jesus' dismissal of his message says this. Everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. Man number one, and the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house, but it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man. Man number two, who built his house on the sand and the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat against that house and it fell and great was the fall of it. There's a beautiful invitation Jesus is putting out to everyone who would listen in this passage would they choose to build every area of their lives on his teaching or would they choose to build their lives on what they chose and as I was praying through this before we get into actual teaching um I was just asking the father what is your heart for your son's Today. In all the teaching, what do you want to say? And I feel like this is the main invitation, the banner over today, if you want to write this down. The Father is saying to his sons today, men of God, son of mine, let's build something of eternal value together. And just leave that up there for a second. I want every man in the room to look at this. I believe this is the invitation that Jesus woke up to every single morning when he was here in the flesh. The voice of the father speaking to his son, hey son, let's go build something of eternal value today. And if you've received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, this is the invitation that you wake up with every morning as well. And I'm telling you, you are more than capable of living this kind of life. So with this invitation and with the scripture, I'm gonna teach four ways to do that. Four ways through Matthew seven, these last few verses. And kind of the way I'm gonna do it, heads up, these points are not like, like the short kind, like point number one, power, point number two, prayer, point number three, perseverance. I'm out of words that begin with that letter. These are very thick points and they all partnered with these points. I have partnered a question. Because I want today to be like a, um, an evaluation of ourselves personally of what kind of builder we are. So with every point is paired a question and every question ain't that short, but I think we're ready. Y'all ready? Great. Point number one, wise men choose to build every single area of their lives on the teachings of Jesus. Every single area. Okay. I think we're all going to be on the same page here. How many of us have heard the phrase, uh, it's not about how you start, it's about how you finish? Show of hands. Yeah, right? Most of us have heard that. Um, I'm calling a lie on that one. I don't think that's true. I think it matters how you start. Because I'm telling you, since the beginning of the year, I've been trying to start eating well. But this morning I went upstairs and there was Mick Griddle up there. And I said, well, God wants to bless me, so I should eat this McGriddle. Because I'm telling you how I've started this year. It's like, I'm going to try this year to eat better. But I didn't start with any real accountability or intention. It matters how you start. It matters what is foundational. It matters how you start in every single area of your lives, as Jesus points out. Because even if you look at the what house means in scripture, it can refer to many different things. So we're gonna put this up here, um, what house can refer to all throughout scripture, it can refer to building a life. So this is just something of significance, of success. I'm sure we all want to build something like that, building a family. All throughout scripture, this is how they traced heritage, right? The house of David, the house of Israel. It's how they traced it. Um, building a ministry. It was called the house of God. We are a household of faith. There's a purpose that God has that he wants you to build your life on. Building a society or a nation. It was referred to as the house of Israel. We have a house of Congress. Every single area. Now, why am I pointing all this out? Because There is an invitation Jesus is giving here that you cannot build one area of your life. You cannot start with one area of your life on the foundation of Jesus' teaching and choose to build any other area anywhere else. Meaning, if I wanna build a family that lasts, so I bring them to church, we start the day with a devotional, we pray together as a family, but then how I go and lead my business is entirely unfounded on the teaching of Jesus then everything will fall apart. Wow. If I'm trying to build my business, you're doing the thing. You lead a devotional with your whole staff, but then how you view the nation and how it needs to operate is not founded on the teaching of Jesus, then the entirety of it will fall. I'm not a construction worker, shocker. Um, but I know that if I build one part of a house on a foundation of rock and one part of a house on a foundation that is shifty, then the entirety of the house will eventually fall. Jesus is saying, y'all, it is a a call, it is a bold call from Jesus. He is saying, this is a holistic, consuming, one path, one track mindset kind of life. He's saying, if following me is worth anything, that it has to be worth everything, if you want your life to stand. So the question to evaluate this is, when it comes to everyday life, Family, ministry, society? Which one of these areas am I trying to build on my own? Just take a look at that, write that down and ask the Holy Spirit to search your heart. Which one of these areas am I trying to build on my own? And just as a 2.0 to this, this is even like where our vision statement as a church comes from, that we wanna see everyone everywhere in an everyday relationship with Jesus. We didn't do that just cause it's like starts with three E's. We did that because it shows the holistic way to live. Everyone, the way I view everyone needs to be founded on the teachings of Jesus. Everywhere, no matter what I'm doing, no matter who I'm with, I'm gonna found my life on the teachings of Jesus. Every day, Monday through Sunday, I'm gonna wake up and I'm gonna say, God, help me, to, help me to base my life on the teachings of Jesus Christ. Great. Number two, wise men who choose, remember, oh, I didn't say this. You will, well, maybe you wouldn't notice this, so I wanna point it out. Every one of the points today starts the same, Men who choose to build every area of their lives on the teachings of Jesus, because I wanted that to be like the main narrative today. Every area, every area, every area, every area. So just say, that's a little tip of the hat. You may not have noticed that unless I pointed it out, so great. Wise men who choose to build every area of their lives on the teachings of Jesus will be blessed. Everybody say, blessed, 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 blessed. Everybody say, blessed. That's gospel. Some of y'all, you just learn this way. You know what I'm saying? You just gotta learn this way. Uh, We'll work on the clapping rhythm at a later date, but blessed men of God, God's intention for your life as you build your life on his teaching is that you would be blessed. God's desire for you is that you would be blessed. Even look at the beginning of the Sermon on the Mount, starting in Matthew 5, it starts with a list of blessings. And these blessings are are to show that everything that was kind of looked down upon or wasn't valued in society at that time, Jesus said, no, that's the very type of person that I call blessed. Specifically, and I have to point this one out, God says, blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Can we all agree that meekness is not necessarily the thing that is celebrated in the Southern man? like gentleness, quietness. There's some men in every room across the state and you need to hear me. Your dad either spoke down to you because of this or even men right now are mistyping your meekness and I just wanna tell you as boldly as I can. You may be meek, but you are not weak. Jesus Christ himself by the apostle Paul was called gentle. The psalmist in the psalm says, God, it is your gentleness that made me great. And by the way, gentleness is a fruit of the spirit. Your gentleness, your quietness that may look different than other men is the exact image of Christ that he wants you to bear to the world. It's a blessing. So there's blessings for the meek. There's blessings for those who mourn. There's there's blessings for those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. God's intent is that you would be blessed as you base your life on his teaching. His teaching is not to limit or, or to control. It is to bless us. This is a narrative all throughout scripture. And I'm just gonna list a few. You're not gonna have time to write these down, okay? So just a heads up for the type A. You're not gonna have time to write these down. Just trust me. These are some places in scripture that promise following Jesus's teaching leads to blessing. Deuteronomy 12, 28, 2 Chronicles seven fourteen, Psalm one, verses one through three, that's the beautiful one of he who trusts in the Lord is like a, a tree planted in streams of water. At the end of it, it says in all that he does, he will prosper. Psalm 19, seven through 11 says, in keeping God's commands, there is great reward. Luke eleven twenty eight. 28, it's the same kind of story, but it is promising blessing as you base your life on the teaching of Jesus. Romans eight thirteen. and then I do wanna read this one. It's gonna come up on the screen. This is the basis scripture for this book y'all received a few weeks ago, a weeks ago called Becoming a King. It's in Jeremiah chapter six, verse 16. It says this, thus says the Lord, Stand by the roads and look and ask for the ancient paths where the good way is and walk in it and find rest for your souls. Are you a man in here who feels like you just haven't rested in a really long time? Then I'd encourage you and invite you. Maybe it's because there's one area of your life that you're trying to earn on your own that can only come through the blessing of following Jesus Christ. So my self-evaluating question for this one is this. What am I trying to earn on my own that can only come from the blessing of Christ? Take that one in for a minute. Maybe write it down. These questions you may need to take home this week and really do some work with the Holy Spirit, but let this just kind of provoke some thought. What am I trying to earn on my own that can only come from the blessing of Christ? Everybody got it? We good? All right, let's move on. Number three. When men choose, when wise men choose to build every area of their lives on the teachings of Jesus, nothing and no one will be able to tear it down. Somebody needs to be encouraged with that today. When you choose to build your lives on the teaching of Jesus, nothing and no one will be able to tear it down. You know, in this passage, a wise man and a foolish man look a whole lot of light until a storm comes. The houses look the same. Seem pretty sturdy. Got a nice farmhouse vibe? If that's your style, maybe you're mid-century, like I am. But then the storm comes and then it it's revealed the difference between a wise man and a foolish man. What's revealed is the foundational differences. So just no show of hands, just, you know, general question, general question. Um, thank you. Anybody experienced some storms over the last, I don't know, two-ish years? Yeah. Right? Things have been revealed in each of us. And I'm saying this about me. Something foundational has to have been revealed over the past two years. And so the self-evaluating question is actually coming early in this point, And it's a longer one, but I just want us to look at it together. Men and women, look at this point. When it comes to the past two years and the storms that have come, what has been exposed in my life the past few years? Do I like it? What do I need God's help to change? And where do I need God's help to keep going? Take that one in for a second. Write it down. Take a picture if you want. But men of God specifically, when storms come, which they have and they will. By the way, if you're a young man in the room, you're a a middle schooler, a high schooler, even rally, I'm telling you, heads up, spoiler alert, Jesus warned us himself, storms are coming. When the storm comes, what is enabling you to persevere? What is empowering you to be faithful? What is helping you when nobody else is building their business on the foundation of Jesus Christ, but you really wanna do it right? What's empowering you to keep going when your kid decides to turn away from the Lord that you thought you raised them in their whole life? What enables you to keep going? And I felt like I was supposed to give two just encouragement and challenges to the men of this room specifically. That of many things, but I believe these are the top two today, the things that are gonna enable you to keep going are the word of God and the spirit of God. The Word of God and the Spirit of God. The Word of God and the Spirit of God. Men of New Spring Church, I am like, I'm going to be honest, I didn't want to say it this way, but I feel I have to say it this way. I'm borderline begging you to get into your Bible. As a woman in this house and as a sister, I'm ready to follow, to, to take your lead but there has to be a foundation of the word of God that you are molding your entire life around. I'm asking you to get back in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John and just look at how Jesus lived as a fellow man and brother and say, I'm gonna live the way that Jesus did. I'm gonna love the way that Jesus loved. I'm gonna serve the way that Jesus served. And I'm telling you, this is who he made you to be. You can live in the same way that Jesus lived, but you are incapable of doing it if you are not a man of the word yourself. Matthew 24, verse 35 says this, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words, they will never pass away. On Christ, the solid rock I stand. all other ground is sinking sand. Salvation may have saved your soul, but I'm telling you, the word will save your life. It'll reshape your mind. It'll help you raise your family. Get in that word. So it's this, but it's not only this, it's also the spirit of God. And I love the Holy Spirit, y'all. Mainly because Jesus came through on his promise that he made to us. In John 14, 16 through 17, Jesus says this himself. These are his words. He said, I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper to be with you forever, even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him. I want to pause right here and say, if you've received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you know the Holy Spirit. For he dwells with you and will be in you can you believe that God himself would choose to take up residence inside of us? That is so stupid. (laughs) And I meant that like in a like, that's awesome. But also like knowing me, I'm not questioning God, but it doesn't seem that wise. But here's the encouragement Men, the very same spirit that empowered Jesus Christ to raise from the dead, the very same spirit that fell on the first disciples in the upper room like wind and like fire, the very same spirit who hovered over the waters in Genesis at creation, that very same spirit now lives in you. And you need his help. You can't live this life without his help. I'm telling you, the most powerful, bold, and brave thing many of you can do today is at some point in today's service to ask the Holy Spirit Would you introduce yourself to me? Would you fill me? Would you help me? Jesus gave us a helper. It's time to receive his help. This kind of man, who's a man of the word and of the spirit, does not shrink back. You will not be destroyed. You cannot be torn down. Come hell or high water, you will persevere. You can be faithful. And I can't think of anything else the world needs more right now than just a few faithful men. You can do this. Men of the word, men of the spirit. This is your invitation today. And fourth and final, and I'm gonna give you a heads up. This point is a thick one. All right, so get your phone ready or your pen ready. Here it comes, point number four. Wise men, look at all that text. Some of y'all are like, baby, you got my glasses? Just, I'll read it. Wise men who choose to build every area of their lives on the teachings of Jesus will walk in an authority that changes the world without any fear of man, and no pressure to prove itself. As they do, they will partner with Christ in establishing an unshakable kingdom. That is good. I'm not saying it because I wrote it. I'm saying this because this is biblical. This is a promise given to you, modeled by the life of Jesus Christ himself. Can you believe we get to partner with Jesus Christ? He says, hey, I'm gonna go with you as you bring my kingdom to the earth. This is your call today. And you know what's crazy to me is how Jesus, I said this is like the dismissal of Jesus' message in Matthew seven. And it is crazy to me how he ended his message. Because if many of us like who teach on any stage, not just New Spring, but any church ended our messages, the way Jesus ended his message, we ain't getting no comments on Instagram after. Right. We're not getting the really love that one today. Ain't nobody commenting, ain't nobody sharing because it ain't easy to digest. I love one comment, commentator even said the end of Jesus's message. He says, not every message has to end with a consolation. Because think about it, this is my translation. Jesus ended his message, right? He's just teached through 19 topics of discipleship. This is topic 20 in his dismissal. And my translation of how he closes is, so by the way, if you don't base everything on your life, on what I just taught about, your whole life will fall apart. <laughs> it's like, okay. Nobody's going to lead us in a song after, or the ministry teams are going to come forward and, like, encourage me while I'm praying, or you ain't even give me time to cry. Like, (laughs) nope, just there it is. And you know why I think that is? Like Jesus, when you walk in intimacy with the Father the way he did, when he says stop speaking, you stop speaking. When you have zero fear of man, and you know what hangs in the balance, you feel no need to take the edge out of your word. Wow. It was loving for Jesus to end that way. And you'd think the crowds would be like, Ugh, this guy's not going to be a very famous preacher, you know. doesn't know how to make us feel good. <laughs> but what does scripture say at the end, after he closes like that? It says this in Matthew 7, 28 through 29. And when Jesus finished saying these things, the crowds were astonished at his teaching. For he was teaching them as one who had authority and not as their scribes. There were already men of great authority in this culture. Educated men, influential men, even well-intentioned men. But the difference between those men And Jesus was, he was an educated, influential man, but who had intimacy with the Father. And an authority born of intimacy, that's a different type of authority. That's a type of authority that speaks and the crowds marvel. I don't know about you, but the past few years, I feel like I have to have an opinion about everything and an argument for everything. And I'm not here to like diminish educating ourselves and being up to date on what's going on in the world, but there's no substitute for just experiencing God and what it enables you to do in a world that seems to have lost its mind. Leonard Ravenhill puts it this way. He says, a man with an experience of God is never at the mercy of a man with an argument. Just look at that. An experience of God trumps argument every time and this is your power and this is your authority Jesus's life is proof of that so the final self-evaluating question is this when was the last time I truly experienced God and knew he was with me men and women I'm inviting you to ask this question it's like High King said last week when he was up in that deer stand, which I have no experience with, but I do love to fish. He said he was up in that deer stand and he said, I didn't hear God say anything, but I just knew he was with me. When's the last time you knew God was with you? We're going to give an opportunity today at the end for you to have another experience. And here's how I want to do that. I said at the beginning um, I just wanted to help today. And so this is how I felt the best way to help at the end. I'm going to invite men, every campus, every room. If you're saying today, I want to be that type of man. I want to be the type of man who every area of my life is just founded on Jesus. I want to make it. I want to persevere. I want my life, my family, my ministry, how I view the nation. I want that founded on Jesus. I wanna build something of eternal value with the heavenly father. If that's you, and I wanna encourage you, don't do what I'm about to say if you don't mean it. But if you feel the Holy Spirit today encouraging you, come on, you can be this type of man. And you're saying, yes, I'm gonna invite every man, if that's you, to stand to your feet right now. If you're able to stand to your feet or if you just need to raise your hand, if you're not able to stand today, Men of New Spring, can I just tell you how much I honor you? As a single woman, I feel safer with men like this around. I feel protected, feel cared for, and I just want to, as a helper and a woman in this house, say, lead us, blaze the trail build the unshakable kingdom, you are more than capable of doing it. This is who you were made to be, men of God, pillars, beacons in your society. So as you're stood, ladies, I mentioned at the beginning, we're helpers in this thing. And helper simply means a strength that comes alongside. So if you're a wife or a daughter, or just a woman who feels like you just need to bless a brother around you, I'm gonna invite you to stand and put an arm on her shoulder. And you can move around at, at your campus. Church, this is who we were made to be. Nobody is alone in here. This is what the Great Commission looks like. This is what Genesis 2 was supposed to look like. We now get to do it again by the Spirit's power, by the Lord's help. So ladies, let's just pray and bless these men together as ones who are here to champion the men of God around us. So Father, what a beautiful invitation you have given us. Jesus, what a beautiful life you modeled for us. So right now, by the title you gave me, God, and by the power of the Holy Spirit, I bless these men in Jesus' name. I bless them with an authority like they may have never known. I bless them, God, with a hunger and thirst for righteousness. I bless them, God, with, with intimacy and an experience of your presence. I bless them, God, with the fruit of the Spirit that everywhere they go in their communities, that the fruit would just be on full display. I bless them, God, as fathers to lead and to champion their families in the ways of God. I bless them as leaders of this house, God, and in, in our communities. I bless them, Lord, as as businessmen and as teachers and as worship leaders and all the areas that you've called them to be God. I bless them, Lord. May they be men like Christ with no fear of man, no desire to prove themselves. May they not have the identity of either prodigal son to run to the ways of the world and earn from themselves or to be out on the field striving for an approval that the Father has already given them. May they be men of great worship. Lord, I pray in this next worship song that your spirit would fall and the wind would blow in ways we've never experienced before as your sons lift their hands to heaven and say, help me, Holy Spirit, as I partner with Jesus for your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. God, we love you. We thank you. And we give all praise and glory and honor to you right now. These are your beloved sons with whom you are well pleased. We sing to you now, King Jesus. It's in your name I pray, amen.